right, welcome in to the Fantastics Week 6 edition of your waiver wire breakdown and we're going to dive in all of it here on the fantastics insider football podcast Dan claskins back here with james adams we drop the podcast every single tuesday of the season early in the week to help you get that waiver wire advice some first takes on the week ahead some final takes on the week that was and insiderfootball.com so you can get it anytime subscribe wherever you listen including apple spotify google stitcher and uh, of course on twitter at fantastics but James, it's good to be back in here together. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we haven't been able to do one together, but uh, holy cow, we got some things to talk about this week from some good games to th- some bad injuries to some exciting things ahead to bye weeks. Ah, oh, my, my bane. I'm just glad I got a voice because I, I, it's just coming back to me after going to the game on Sunday and the Packers and the Bengals there. And that didn't end up the way I wanted, but it's still a fun game. And uh, I couldn't talk yesterday, so I was hoping it would come back. It's come back to me enough to rip out the podcast. Imagine me in my early twenties going to Bengals games. It was I'd be nervous James, that I wouldn't have my I voice went to for games Friday. with you in your earlier years, at least. Maybe <laughs> not at that stage of your life, but I've I've seen I've seen the results of your voice. I would be worried that I couldn't do a, a high school football game five days later from the obnoxious yelling I was uh, taking, but. Awesome game you went to, Dan. And how about this? The biggest takeaway from week five, you took kickers out of fantasy football, but they would not let you because you know what? People kept scoring. People kept getting stats. And why did they do that? Well, because the kickers kept missing kicks. Uh, uh, wow. Even it didn't last, stop. Even, yeah, even on t- Monday night's game. I mean, the game could have ended if Blankenship hits whatever, a 40-something yarder. and plus the PAT, which, of course, changes the direction of the entire game. So who knows? But wildness, man. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's the NFL. It's crazy things every single week. And uh, all we do is just take educated guesses, roll the dice every now and then, and hope it works out. And, you know, that's part of – I like to just sort of follow the same process, right? Do the Mm – if you follow, you're not always going to be right on anything. Lord knows my bets uh, were a little off the radar this week, but I'll tell you what, I can't believe neither of my survivor pools lost anybody. I was sweating out the New England pick, and it was <laughs> yeah, uh, it was definitely, uh, luckily I was at the Bengal game. You want to hear what's crazy? I was sweating out, the, I took the Patriots against the Texans. I was at the Bengals versus the Packers. Both looked pretty bleak for the team I was rooting for. And it, at one point there in the fourth quarter, both games were exactly 22-22. Like, and they both ended 25-22. I mean, it, like, talk about the oddity of the score and how it was, like, simultaneous. But, oh, well, nobody cares about that. Let's get into some more uh, just takeaways from the week before we dive into the injuries and all the other goodness that comes with that, James. I mean... Any big just takeaways from, you know, Buffalo, whether it's Buffalo proving that they're the team in the AFC, maybe there's a, a position battle that took shape for you, some of these rookie quarterbacks. I mean, lots of takeaways. What what really did left uh what'd you leave with coming out of last weekend? Well, I'd say number one is probably, like I said, the kickers just, uh, you know, they can have such an impact on one play can change the whole game. That was a big deal for me. Uh, Things not necessarily going the way I thought they would in some games. I mean, like, I'm not surprised the Chargers won, but I didn't expect that total to get near 90. Um, Thought they would run the football, slow it down. I thought Kansas City would compete with Buffalo. Now, if I'm being quite honest with you, after the long delay at halftime, I went to bed. I didn't even catch the second half. Um, could not believe, though, that Kansas City couldn't even hang with it. 
Um, just a lot of uh, a lot of oddities, really, for me this week. And I guess the one thing that I'll take away from a personal stance that probably most people don't care about, but I have to say I do, Detroit continues to find ways to lose games. I need them to lose before Jacksonville for a $340 payout. I got 20 on Jacksonville at 16-1 mm. to 1 to be the last winless team. And now I got to cheer for Detroit to, like, lose – against my Bengals and then it's that's my biggest takeaway much like your survivors no one cares but it, it pains me every week that I watch Jackson or uh, Detroit just almost beat a decent team but not do it I know I know I, my the 16 prop parlay I had last night in action uh, I was between because I already had the touchdown and rushing on Jonathan Taylor and I didn't want to go all in on him on the receiving yard at prop as well on it so instead, I went interception on Carson Wentz on a six-team parlay, and the only thing I missed was that. And and basically, on the very first play of the game, Taylor got his. How about Jonathan Taylor? I mean, holy cow. He is a stud. I still think in Dynasty, James, he might be my number one running back on the board. I mean, that guy just looks the part. Uh, and running backs really were some of the key takeaways, even from the game I was at. I mean... A.J. Dillon just seems to get more and more involved. I know Jones was dinged up here, but uh, Jones looked good. He carried the ball 15 times, had three catches, 63% of the snaps. But A.J. Dillon 15 times in that game, around 40% of the snaps. And over the last couple weeks, we're starting to see Dillon involved now. Uh, And, you know, even in the passing game, over the last two weeks, Aaron Jones 36 touches. Dillon is at 28 touches. So, um Jones is still obviously an RB1 for me. I'm not trying to like kill him, and they might not have that volume every week, but A.J. Dillon's in the mix. I thought the Bears' backfield was interesting. Everybody mm-hmm. went to the waiver wire, and we know David Montgomery was out there, and I certainly made some bids and just missed where I needed him the most in the uh, KFFC team where I had Montgomery by like $10. Oh, oh it sucked. I mean, I bid like strong too, dude. It was like 45 50% of my budget, but uh, it always sucks when you just miss it. Especially when you it actually doesn't. have the injured player that's being replaced, but it's not- tasty when you just get them. But it is—it does stink when you just miss. I know. I love Fab. In the thousand-dollar Fab, <laughs> the variance is even more so, right? So mm-hmm. that might be why the thousand-dollar Fab's uh, more than my more my preference. You, you know, don't end up in ties that you lose on some stupid tiebreaker. But at the end of the day, Damian Williams, I mean, he did pretty good. But Khalil Herbert, I mean, the rookie looked pretty strong in there, and that could be a nice little one-two punch and. Uh, I mean, the problem is, is, as long as Justin Fields is under center, there's not a lot of upside in this offense right now. Doesn't and, look it. And it's killing the receivers as well. And then Elijah Mitchell. I know it's been a hot topic, right? We've certainly talked a couple of different podcasts about him. There's a lot of people pumping their chest when he got hurt. And goodness gracious. I mean, he came back and just, I mean, Sam Fran wasn't all that great. Uh, who knows? They're on a bye this week. Hopefully they get Jimmy Garoppolo back because clearly Trey Sermon wasn't ready. And now he's got an injury of his own we'll get to. But, I mean, you look at – I mean, there was no doubt, James, how this depth chart sits watching that. I mean, Sermon didn't even get in there until the very end of the game. and it, uh, So, I think it's clear that Elijah Mitchell has still got some value in there. And if I'm a Trey oh, yeah. Sermon in a season-long league, maybe, you know, if it's a keeper or dynasty, it's a different – in a season-long league, I mean – this is not a guy that, especially with bye weeks and stuff coming up, depending on what your waiver wire has. And it's a, if it's a, shot, a more deeper waiver wire league where there's more guys on the wire, I mean, he might be tough to hold on to at this point. Yeah, him and Ronald Jones are two guys I'm looking at like, I don't want to cut bait, 
but I might just have to. You're absolutely right. As a guy who has Sermon in our dynasty league, I mean, I got I shares of both. I've got shares of both of these dudes in, in different season long leagues, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's not really based off that as much as just like goodness. I think, and I mean, clearly in in any league where you got him for multiple years, I mean, Sermon has got some upside here, but he's in the doghouse, and all. Yeah, Jeff Wilson could come back in the mix here in a few weeks. I personally think that this offense outside of Debo Samuel is going to be major bus city all around. That's what we were talking last Saturday when we were doing the show on Sirius XM, and I'll probably stand with that as right now it's Debo and Debo only, especially with Kittle on IR. Yeah, I mean, Trey Lance. I mean, the, the fantasy ceiling's fun to dream about, but the reality is this guy's not ready for the NFL. Yeah, I agree with you. This could be a Mahomes-type situation where he's not really ready, ready until year two. Yeah, so we'll keep our eyes on some of that. I mean, it was a good week overall. A lot of points on the board, a lot of injuries to talk about. So let's transition there. And, you know, James, every single week, I mean, there's just another dude goes down for the season. That's just part of the game. And before we even get into the injury report, I mean, I'd be remiss not to talk about buys because, man, next week in week seven, there's six teams on buy. There's a few of those 16 weeks, including ones next week. And now this week they start up. You got Atlanta, you got the Saints, the Jets, San Fran, all out of the mix. And this is where you start to see different draft strategies or auction strategies and leagues take shape because teams that go all in on just having that dream starting lineup, per se, this is where the the teams that draft for a little more depth really get their edge. Yeah, I, I told you last week, I can't wait for the buys to start. I can't wait for, you know, instead of having to figure out who to bench which Corey Davis was the answer apparently last week. The targets were there, but not the catches. Uh, And maybe the targets weren't actually there was the problem. But now we get to the point where it's like, all right, I have to stop making these decisions between guys that I both want in my lineup. And it's going to be a little bit easier for us to all set our lineups. Now we are going to have those problems where we get the certain, you know, injury uh, plagued lineups where like maybe you got David Montgomery and Miles Sanders and you can't play either of them right now. One due to injury, one due to uh, whatever it is. So then, yeah, okay, it gets a little sketchy, but I'm I'm stoked for bye weeks, man. Like you, you're absolutely right. I I think that I personally built some really good teams, and I haven't gotten to uh, feel the full effect of them, and I'm ready for that. Yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. Uh, let's get to some injuries. Like I said, uh, lots of moving around. Uh, John Gruden. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on that. I mean, what a just d- d- terrible development here, and I mean. James, you, there's nobody questioning whether or not this guy should still be in the league. It's just the suddenness of this, the fantasy impact on what it's going to mean on the Raiders is going to be what we're going to talk about here specifically. But, I mean, this is a team that was just 3-0 and on their way up after that home game on the open the season. The crowd was there. They got off to the 3-0 and start. Derek Carr is looking good. Henry Ruggs is finally starting to do his thing. You know, we had JT the brick on the serious show. He's got us all juiced on the Raiders <laughs> and, and was right when they beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. And like two weeks later, it's just like, it all's collapsed. <laughs> and, and now, I mean, John Gruden, what a, what a terrible, uh, under underlying of his legacy here that he's completely tarnished with his, you know, terrible choice and and words and all that. I mean, again, I mean, I really just want to spend time here focusing on like the future of the Raiders offense. And, you know, from a fantasy perspective, like, I mean, Darren Waller's really the biggest high risk guy here. And I mean, honestly, I mean, after, aside from that week one uh, 
game where he was targeted double digit times. I mean, it, it, it hasn't been terrible, but it hasn't been all that like eye popping. And Josh Jacobs, he's been a little dinged up here. You know, Carr has put up numbers, but nobody ever has him in his lineups on the week they need him. <laughs> so, like, I don't know this this whole team, this whole franchise, this whole you know new new arrival here. It's all up in the air right now, and it, it's leaving me scratching my head on where to even put these guys on the fantasy board right now. I think Waller, you're going to play uh, as normal. I think everybody else. Josh Jacobs, if you need him, you can play him. I'd found myself not really – I didn't play him in week one because I was afraid of Baltimore. Like, I haven't really even turned to him in the leagues I have him because uh, he was kind of drafted for me as like an RB3, a good RB3 to put in in the bye weeks. Right now, I think you got to wait and see with everybody but Waller. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, some of these guys still have spots on rosters. And in bye weeks, oh, yeah. you're going to have to fire him down. But it's like, man, trying to project the game and what I think this offense is going to do statistically and – trying to figure out how I want to approach it from a betting perspective. It's like, goodness, I, I've got to see how this thing unfolds a little bit. So, and you know, that's what we're looking at here. And of course we're going to get a very good taste of it right out of the gate because they've got a showdown with the Broncos this week. Currently Denver is up to a three and a half point favorite up a point overnight, 44 and a half point total Denver, like, like Vegas coming out of the gate pretty fast and suddenly looking pretty bleak here these past couple of weeks. Now they've played, a little bit, uh, you know, on the road at Pittsburgh, even with the Steelers. I mean, that's never going to be easy. And uh, the Ravens the week before, I mean, that's a, one of the better teams in the conference. So I, I think I'd rather be a Denver Bronco fan right now than a Las Vegas Raider fan, that's for sure. But uh, let's get into some of the other injuries and just quickly talk through some of them. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, the biggest injury of the week. I personally did not see it live, so um, can't really speak to my initial thoughts on it, but he stepped on somebody's foot like he didn't have the ball. It looked like, to be honest with you, it looked like he was trying to get near a defensive player. So he looked good on film like he was trying to throw a block. I mean, it, it was an absolute nothing play where he hurt his ankle. It's the worst part of it. It was he just stepped on somebody's foot when he wasn't looking for the from from Dallas. Yeah. So, Ugh. I mean, that's a buzzkill. You got Damian Harris um, still waiting on some time here, but. I mean, he's been sort of in and out of the doghouse there. At times, he looked decent. I thought he was going to have a big game against the Texans. I thought the Patriots were going to be double-digit winners, and they actually had a rally behind, so the game script wasn't there. But uh, he did injure his ribs. And uh, so already without James White, that backfield's a mess. Obviously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Here's a guy that's going to miss a few weeks. Daryl Williams essentially becomes a plug-and-play, and I can get behind that. But he's sort of a boring RB, too, for me. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much McKinnon gets involved. So in terms of, you know, we'll get to Fab in a little bit and what he's worth. But, uh, you know, it, it seems like every week, James, at the running back position, we're getting this tempting option that, you know, is good for like a month or so. But, you know, can you keep winning the Fab Wars in that? And when you pick your battles is interesting, right? And uh, this week, the flavor is Daryl Williams. But... When you pick your battles is what it's all about. Because, you, you you know, it's great to go pick up a guy if he helps you, uh, like Chuber Hubbard if you didn't have McCaffrey. But you're exactly right. You know, you make sure you're picking the guy that makes sense for you, filling in a hole for you, not, you know, somebody that you may or may not even turn to in, in a week or two. Yeah. And then you had just some guys that already were sort of hurt and didn't play or did play. I mean, McCaffrey and Cook, obviously, the big names held out of week five. They both at one point looked a little optimistic, and we didn't see that come to fruition. Surprisingly, Joe Mixon on the other side of that did, but you know, he split carries. P Ryan actually out touched him 15 to 11 in that game. 
We knew Chase Edmonds was a game time decision. He did play, but ended up with a season low nine touches there. So, that game was weird, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm kicking myself because uh, I had him in one of my KFFC leagues, and I, I, I rode him out. And I had I had some options that weren't all that appealing, but every one of my other running backs actually outscored him. Of course, yeah, but you know it happens, dude. And then at receiver, I mean Kenny Galladay. I'm done with him. I mean, I don't even, I only got him in like one or two of my teams outside of best ball. And I mean, will we ever get healthy and all? Yeah. Why is that it? Sterling Shepard and, and uh, Darius Slayton are all still hurt. Juju Smith Schuster. He's out for the season with a shoulder injury. So his career as a Steelers over Deontay Harris scored that big touchdown. And then he pulled up his hamstring injury. <laughs> you got Curtis Samuel with the groin. Uh, they're calling him week to week. This soft tissue injury is not getting better. We're keeping our eyes on Tyreek Hill. Everybody's talking about, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but Hill did sustain a knee injury in that game. And and we know uh that could slow down. When you're relying on speed, that's a big deal all around. Mm-hmm. So let's see what he does in practice on Wednesday. Calvin Ridley's he coming back from this personal issue, whatever it was. Will Julio Jones miss a third straight week? You've got uh Devontae Parker was a scratch. Could he come back this week? Uh Travis Kelsey at tight end dealing with the stinger. Max Williams was doing pretty good for Arizona. Actually picked him up in a couple deeper leagues. Oh, now he's out for the season after being carted off the field. George Kittle missed last week, placed on IR. Is it a three-week thing? Will Gronk come back this week? Hawkinson's playing hurt. I mean, go position by position, brother. Oh, yeah, we didn't even get the quarterback where Daniel Jones has a concussion. Joe Burrow couldn't talk after the game. Good news on Burrow. It looks like he won't even miss any practice this week. I was a little worried when he took that hit earlier in the game. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And Taysom Hill with a concussion. So, I mean, goodness, dude. I mean, oh, yeah, you got all this plus four buys to deal with, people. That's why the waiver wire is your friend. And, James, that's why we got to break it down now. As we look to the waiver wire this week, and, uh, you know, it is always interesting. I don't know. I mean, I feel like... Daryl Williams is probably going to be the most popular name out there. Um, how much of your fab is he worth? And, you know, I already sort of teased my thoughts on it. So let me start it, I guess. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, I think, is going to get in the mix here. I mean, I think Williams has definitely got the TD upside. Um, again, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it sounds pretty good. A sprained MCL. That's typically a two- to four-week timetable. So... I do think Edwards Hilaire will be back in about a month. Um, and McKinnon was already getting worked in that game before Edwards. So I think in the passing down, he gets he gets involved in the mix. And, oh, yeah, they're already pass heavy. So I'd say 20% is about what I would say he's worth to me, unless I am really desperate at running back and, and, and facing a, a upward battle in the standings. Maybe I go to 30%. But he's not going to be a guy that's going to help you later in the year. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, there's rumors circulating, and stop me if you've heard this before. Yes. They're interested in potentially Marlon Mack, uh, and and no, I'm not making this up because I'm still have him on half of my best ball rosters and mm. other rosters. But they that That's is funny. the word on the street, and he did look very good on Monday night. So yeah, to me, to me, the guy that excites me on the wave wire the most this week is Kadarius Tony. Mm. So not the other giant running back position, but the receiver. And I don't disagree with you. Yeah, dude. because it's the long-term shelf life here, James. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy they spent a first-round pick on. Mm-hmm. And I get it. There's a lot of hurt injuries here. But Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, when aren't these guys hurt? You look at what he's done <laughs> over the last two weeks. 22 targets? I mean, if it wasn't for his stupid punch-out game or whatever, trying to be Rocky Balboa or whatever the hell he was doing there at the end of the game, I mean, this guy had 10 catches for 189 yards. 
I don't want to go too overboard, but the parallels to Odell Beckham Jr.'s rookie year could be drawn very quickly. A- again, short sample size, but OBJ was a first-round pick who missed uh, several weeks yeah. and then had a massive and, impact and in dude, fantasy down the stretch. Their defense sucks. Yep. Barkley's already hurt again. They're mm-hmm. going to have to rely on Jones. And even when Shepard and these guys come back, Tony has something they none of them do. So they have a first-round pick invested in him. Uh, I think he's a guy. And it's funny because, I, I, as you know, I don't even help my wife on her fantasy team because if I'm ever wrong, it just leads to things I don't want to get leading to. I understand. I mean, she can look at my rankings or, you know, listen to the podcast or whatever she wants. If, 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 but I don't personally like, hey, t- go to her team and say, pick any of this up. That I, I've stopped doing that like in year two of her fantasy leagues. Mm-hmm. That's and, smart. Yeah. Well, she, she well, on Sunday we're on the way to the game and she was talking about before the game, she picked up Kadarius Tony on the waivers because you know, her receivers have been injured and they all suck. So she needed something. And she, she's like, what do you think? I was like, well, you know, it's, I guess he's worth an ad. And uh, so she put him in his lineup and started him. I was like, that's the way to beat Ooh. it to the waiver wire, man. That's the way to beat it to the waiver wire. And to me, he's the guy I want. Now, running back wise, I mean, Daryl Williams, yes. He's probably the best name available in your league. Unless somebody dropped Elijah Mitchell or Michael Carter, or maybe even Miles Gaskin. I mean, Miles Gaskin. This guy is like. He was left for dead the week before. And, of course, he comes out the following week and just goes gangbusters. But you can't trust that, James. I start him two, one of the last two weeks in a KFFSC lineup. You don't need to guess. You already know which week it was a start and which week was a sit. Yeah. Khalil Herbert, another name, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. And, and you mentioned Devontae Booker. So looking at Williams, Booker, and uh, Herbert, I mean, does that the and Alex Collins, maybe he's still out there. Collins is still to be considered too. Um, I think I might like Booker better than Williams. Yeah. Because uh, Barkley, I guess I'm more banking on Edwards Lair potentially coming back. I am considered, you know, as you said, McKinnon. Well, Barkley's got to um, come back though. I mean, heck, they're calling his, he's not even on the IR. I, I don't think either of those. Neither guys was are McCaffrey long. now, but it might look like a dumb I decision mean, if he doesn't play Would you play agree if Elijah Mitchell was dropped that you would take him over those guys or even Michael Carter? Yeah, he's Carter? healthy. Because, I mean, I'm looking at Yahoo ownership percentages, and these guys are available in more leagues than you would think. Uh, but I don't know. Any other running backs to discuss? I mentioned it earlier. We'll keep our eyes on Deontay Harris. Ramonde Stevenson is out there in almost every league. He did nothing this week in his opportunity, though, so I don't think so. Um Gainwell is still down to that 40%. If you if you dare roster a Philly running back and then you think you would turn to him. Um, what about Sony, Mi- Sony Michelle's out there in some shallower leagues, it looks like. He was okay this week for the first time. Maybe. I feel like Daryl Henderson has turned into the Deontay Johnson version of the running back. I, I saw somebody tweet that, and I was like, that is so spot on. I don't remember whose tweet it was, so I'm sorry if I uh, – I did see that on Twitter during the game the other night, but I was like – Dude, that is so spot on. Like, because Deontay Johnson, it's like the dude has these amazing plays, and then he's like, oh, he's, he's getting carted off, and then he's back like <laughs> two drives later. Two plays later, yeah. <laughs> Daryl Henderson, his arm's falling off. Oh, wait a minute. He just came back and, and ran for 40 yards on three carries. If Michelle's there, he's worth rostering. Um, David Johnson, who you didn't mention, has been catching a lot of passes. I don't want to have any Texans. I don't. If it's a PPR league and you need running back badly, David Johnson is going to catch passes, so he's going to offer you a non-zero floor, man. Um, Philip Lindsay's toast. Ingram's the guy running the ball. 
They're going to throw and they're going to be from behind. They're banged up at receiver. I mean, they've they've lost and cut everybody. So I would I would say that David Johnson. We're talking about guys thirty percent or under owned. Yeah. I think he's a worth a look. And Tariq Cohen coming back if Montgomery can't get healthy. That's no not to say that Tariq Cohen could end up being like a, a league winner. But he's coming off that pup list not this week but potentially next week. Uh, it, you talk about getting ahead in the waiver wire with bye weeks coming. Somebody to look ahead at. I'm not saying you go grab him, but if you've got a space and nothing else to do with it, he's there. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. That makes sense based off of that scenario. I, I mentioned Kadarius Tony is my favorite overall pick probably out there this week. And, you know, I mean, I get it. There, I mean, it's not like the dude's a lock. I mean, I'm not trying to present it that way. But, you know, for the reasons I said, I think it's got staying power. What other receivers oh, yeah. are you looking at available in some leagues that should be worth consideration, especially as we get into these bye weeks, James? And we know in some of these leagues, some leagues start four receivers in a flex or three receivers in a flex. And so finding that, uh, hitting that waiver wire to get you through these tough bye weeks could be key at this position. If you've got a spot, Rashad Bateman for the similar story of Kadarius Tony. Bateman's got to be healthy. Get back on the field. I'm telling you to spend 1% of your fab, right? Not a big number. But if you've got a spot, there's a guy. John Brown, he was just signed. I don't know if you I really want to go Dude, that way. How does a there's guy a that... reason the Raiders cut him, right? So you're probably right there. But he did just sign. Well, interesting. A lot of, a lot of old fantasy names on the uh, signings today. Uh, Dol- uh, Travis Fulgham, he's on the practice squad of the Dolphins. That. Anthony Miller, who was almost with the Jags, suddenly is now with the Steelers. He tweeted Duval too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he met Urban Meyer, and that's probably what happened. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, those guys are useless. I was just sort of throwing jokes there. Um, what about Amon Ra St. Brown? Look, I get it. I'm I'm ready to say just forget any Detroit receiver, but with Cephas going on IR now, there's no one else. He had eight targets and caught if, seven if of Tyree them. If Tyreek Hill is suddenly dinged more than we think with this knee, McCole Hardman absolutely Ooh. becomes Gosh. in play. It's just so hard, dude, because it's like, okay, it's him one week and then it's somebody else, Pringle, whoever it wants to be. It's like it doesn't happen it doesn't happen consistently enough. It, it should be Hardman, and where they drafted him would say it's time for it to be Hardman. So you're right, but guy's so fr- he's been frustrating because he's shown the ability to be a game breaker and then next week he does nothing. Yeah. Derek McKinnon, I think I'm I mean, obviously Williams is the guy I would bid more fab on. I'm not suggesting that, but I do think he could have a role. And, you know, if I if I want to queue up like five or six running backs and put that dollar or two guy at the end of it. Uh, on a player I need to get rid of anyway. I mean, he's a guy I'm, you know, especially in deeper leagues. I'll th- I'll slap on the buck or two on him. Yeah, I can get behind that. Uh, but you know, looking at receivers specifically, I mean, not a lot of things. I mean, maybe you go after guys that are uh, been dropped. And maybe 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 Marquez Callaway's out there for yep. you. Uh, I know you got some guys maybe coming off IR like a Michael Gallup potentially might have been cut if you're in a league without an IR. Same thing for, uh, uh, as you mentioned, Rashad Bateman already, I think, would fit under that category for me. Although, I think Marquise Brown has established himself as the alpha here. And as long as Watkins stays healthy and you got Andrews there, I'm not sure Bateman's going to have much value in barring an injury to one of those dudes in 2021. Again, why I said you got to have a roster spot that you don't really have much else to do with and you're spending 1% of your fab. But I'm with you. Um, 
I'm with you pretty much across the board on. We didn't talk guys. about one big injury uh, because it was so long ago, it seems. But what about the Seahawks without Russell mm-hmm. Wilson? Um, so we discussed this a little bit Saturday, and uh, uh, you know, I'm definitely not going to tell you to go out and get Geno Smith. But let me tell you something: Geno Smith is stuck around in this league for a reason. Um, you can say what you want about getting his jaw broken when he was a jet and just not working out, but he's still stuck around in this league. He is a veteran. So I'm not too concerned about Lockett and DK Metcalf. Maybe if they don't have the big plays, they still get the volume because the Seahawks defense is not good and they're going to have to throw the football. And in a super flex league, I'd play him still. I mean, he equated himself pretty good against a team that was not game planning for him, but is a good defense on, on Thursday night against those Rams. Yeah, and Sunday Night Football this week, Seattle at Pittsburgh. It's like, ugh. Yeah, I wouldn't be playing them there. Before we get into uh, the tight ends and quarterback and defensive stuff or you know any other waiver wire stuff you got, um, any other more receivers? I think I hit all the ones on my list. No, nah, I think we hit them all. I mean, I think uh, Kadarius Tony is the big name, and then it's, you know – are, are you taking it? How, how deep on a lineup do you want to go? Because I was thinking about, is there a guy on Pittsburgh I want to go to with Juju out for the year? It's like, do no. I really want to go to a third receiver on that team? No, it's going to so be more Deontay, so, you know? more Claypool, and a lot more Najee Harris. So maybe some Friar Muth, I'm hoping, in, in another Maybe angle, Friar Muth, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be. I mean, James Washington's not a guy that I just nope. want in my lineup. Nope. In best ball, yeah. But, you know, best ball leagues are over for the most part. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's transition to tight end and quarterback. Uh, just I don't know. I mean, we, you sort of already hit on Geno Smith. I mean, in Superflex, yeah, you can play him. Um, you know, just looking at matchups and stuff this week. I know that's something some people like to do. There's nothing really popping for me. Jameis Winston coming off a big week. Maybe he's still out there in leagues. He got two with Tagovailoa. It was activated off IR today. They got three weeks to put him on the active roster. You know, if they're talking Fitzpatrick could be back in a couple weeks. I mean, none of this stuff is going to be very meaningful, James. So nah. I don't really do too much at the quarterback position this week. Uh, and nope. then tight end. I mean, we got to talk about Ricky Seals-Jones. I mean, goodness. Got Logan Thomas on IR. And, I mean, he, he had eight targets. I mean, I get it. The numbers weren't all that bad. But I, I see some dude out there in the waiver wire at tight end getting eight targets and an offense likes third of the tight end and dude on IR for a few weeks. Hunter Henry is really the big name. I mean, he's just totally dominating uh, the passing routes at the time. I mean, he is clearly the better fantasy option in New England than John New Smith. I would agree with that. I would agree with that wholeheartedly, as a matter of fact. And he, his ownership is going up. What, Zach Ertz. I know that that offense, again, we can talk about how disgusting it can be from time to time, but Dallas Goddard on the COVID-19 list right now. If he were to not go this week, Zach Ertz, I'm looking at 38% uh, rostered in Yahoo leagues right now. Not to mention, I'm still going to throw it out there like an idiot because it just may well happen. And we did see a trade that ended up peaking some value for Dan Arnold when he went to Jacksonville, right? I was trying to find like Hollister or whoever else might be that guy. I didn't know it was going to come from another team. Maybe Zach Ertz ends up going to Arizona. It was a rumor we heard preseason without Max Williams. Maybe, maybe. But now Dallas Goddard's on COVID. That's what I mean. So Ertz is a good pickup and play this week if you're desperate. Yeah, with a potential ceiling above, you know, his own team trading deadlines just a few weeks away. So there could be some movement that is for sure uh, around that. All right. So we're done with the waiver wire, I think, for this week. Uh, Streaming defenses. I don't know if you've even looked at it. Uh, I did write a couple down. I think the Rams, obviously, if they're out there, but the Broncos versus Los Angeles can't be out there, can they? 
Well, I, I know they haven't been good, but I can't come. Well, I'm just talking. Sometimes, but I feel sometimes people drop people. The Rams are my top ranked defense for the week. What I was going to say is some sneaky ones that you might want to look at. Um, I think they could fit the bill on waiver wires. Uh, the Colts play the Texans. I know it was pretty shoddy uh, in the second half, and they're dealing with some injuries. I think the Cowboys versus New England, if they're still out there in your, some of your leagues. I, I, I even like our, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're getting the Lions this week, James. So. And, and they'll need to perform well with uh, a banged-up O-line, right? And presumably, P. Ryan out with COVID-19. I don't know that he's going to make it back. Uh, looks like Jackson Carmen as well. So maybe a really slow him down game where they do have to win defensively. Yeah, so in terms of the week ahead, we mentioned the bye. So what that means is two less games. We got our second of two London games. I hate those 9.30 starts. But uh, the night, the week, uh, action for week six will kick off Thursday night. Philadelphia hosting Tampa Bay. The Bucks currently laying seven. The totals at 51 and a half. Brady's been dealing with the hand injury, expects to play. We've got Gronk. Will he be able to come back? It's trending in the right direction potentially. And they just laid it too. Literally, the Dolphins here. The Eagles, mm-hmm. James, this is a team I've either been on or off, but every week it's been wrong for me. So <laughs> I'm afraid that, that I don't know how to approach this game, but uh, Jalen Hurts obviously is is a stud in fantasy. We know we just talked about their tight end situation. You're going to have to pass the ball. We don't ever run it anyway, so it's another week that Miles Sanders is going to piss you off. Yeah, yeah. I've got to for- I'm forced to go to him in some games, and and then I look at the matchup and I'm like, Dude, I, I I'm I, I don't know. I might Brandon Bolton maybe a better play for the Patriots. I don't know in a PPR. Like I know that sounds stupid, but I bet the points are close come the end of the week. Yeah, I mean it's unbelievable when you really uh, when you really look at it. And then you get the London game. So in London, it's Miami at Jacksonville, two teams with two losing records. And James, I saw this nugget the other day about the London games. This Sunday will mark the thirtieth. London game and since they started doing this stuff 30 times uh on Sunday and last week of course you had the one and three Jets playing the one and three Falcons this week we'll have the one and four Dolphins versus the zero and five Jaguars the NFL in those 30 games how many games out of those 30 do you think featured two teams with winning records I unfortunately have already heard this Dan so oh you you can still cheat it's a then. bit it's a big old goose egg, dude. No, you know why? No, there's one. Oh, there has been one? Yes. Oh, I thought it was zero. No, there's one oh. game. There's one game. The Jets-Falcons was the ninth with matchup with losing records. This one will be the tenth. The other 20 London games have had one team with a winning record or a 500 team. But have, you're right. You're right. I misread that. There was a 500 team. Okay. But have never. I heard it was above 500. Yeah, yeah. They never have had both teams with a winning record. Well, when you've got the Jaguars completely contemplating moving to London for the last decade, and they've had one good season in that decade, they've got to be the most played team over there. Well, oh, yeah. That's I mean, going to be part of the problem. Yeah, and I mean, that's and even after they moved away from the Jaguars, they generally picked teams that didn't mind giving up a home game because they Correct, were terrible. That they, yes, they weren't selling out home games. That's exactly it. I and mean, then, it's a, let's face yeah. it, sometimes they even try to put a good matchup over there, James, and you just never know what you're going to get in the NFL year to year. So, Yeah, that's true, too. You put all those things together. And you got another crap game, Miami at Jacksonville. At least last week at 930, I had Cordero Patterson in about half my fantasy lineups. It is so beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> We're going to miss him. I'm going to miss him this week. I know. I know. I, I especially going to miss him on some of my KFFC teams where I'm using him at running back. 
I know, bro. It's like, man, MFL, get them. It's a little back. easier. Although to, I don't want them changing midseason. A, I don't think they should. It's a little. Nah, you shouldn't change it in the middle of season. If it's a little easier to find a bye week receiver than a bye week running back, especially yep. when you're already dealing with injuries. So uh, as far as the Sunday slate, I mean, you, you got only got three late afternoon games, but uh, you, you know, the one o'clock games will be headlined, of course, by uh, and from a fantasy perspective, Casey at Washington, a 56 total. And that one's going to be fun. I think the Chargers and the Ravens might be the best game on Sunday afternoon. A pair of uh, one one loss teams will tangle there. And then at the 405, Arizona at Cleveland should be a good one. Uh, and then, of course, the primetime dud of Seattle at Pittsburgh now that Russell Wilson's hurt. The Steelers went from a two-and-a-half-point dog to a five-point favorite after Russell win, uh, Wilson's injury. And then If that defense were available, right? Buffalo at Tennessee. You've got uh, the Bills just coming off that huge game. It's in Tennessee. Right now, Tennessee's really the only team with a shot in the AFC South with the Colts blowing that game last night. So... James, the line's six, though, and Buffalo looks good. The total here is 54. That should be a pretty uh, fantasy-friendly Monday night football matchup. You give the ball to Derrick Henry, let him go, and you hope that he can keep pace with everything the Bills have got. But, yeah, that should be a fun one. And, uh, Dan, I don't know that that could be an AFC championship game preview. Maybe Ravens uh, Chargers is. I'm only saying that because you said that. I, know. I feel like I say that every week. And I said it could. I said there's so many weeks we're going to say that because I do think it's wide open. I know the AFC is certainly wide open. And it's feeling it, right? It's feeling that. And way. I love maybe it. the Bills I, and, and Ravens think differently, but I love it when it's like that. I love it. Oh like yeah, it when it's like that. All right. So we love getting into the games. We love getting into the props, and the place to do it is Thrive Fantasy. They've got a fifty thousand dollar guaranteed contest for Week Six. It's twenty dollars to enter, and first place takes home ten grand. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. They're given a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks, plus a free entry into Sunday's $50,000 contest when you sign up. All you got to do is use the promo code FANTISTICS. That's the promo code FANTISTICS at thrivefantasy.com. James, we uh, two weeks ago I took off. Last week... We had technical issues, so I flew solo. Uh, so we haven't done this in a while. I will say, I have to go back here. I did. I do have it charted. Uh, I, r- I wrote last week's picks down, so, but I was. I've been yeah, we didn't make them. We didn't make them. So when we last made picks, uh, you had a three eighty-five to three forty lead on me after week three. So you are up forty-five points going into week six, and therefore, my friend, I will give you first pick on our Thrive Fantasy. Prop bets. We're making them here. You can make them yourself by getting in the game. And it's a little early in the week, James. It is. It is. And uh, it's always fun to sort of do this on the fly a little bit. I studied them, but uh, yeah, I've got a few I wrote down here. But my man, you, you, you're the uh, leader in the clubhouse here. So I'm going to let you have first pick on your Thrive Fantasy prop bet draft we're doing here now. I'm going to take one that seems painfully easy. I'm taking the short side of it. I only get 90 points for it, but Najee Harris, 80.5 total rushing and receiving yards, a combination. I need him to get to 81 combo rush receiving yards. I will take the over. I'll take 90 points. I feel like that's a misprice. Like it should be 70 to 130. So I'm still getting an edge. I feel like even though I'm getting the the shorter side of it. I mean, with Juju hurt, yeah, yeah. there's got to be some of that target share going his way. 
Seattle's defense is horrible. So what if he doesn't catch the targets? He could run for that total in two carries. Dude, that is one of the ones that I had written down. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I only I stole the cheap one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's a good one to have. And you got first pick. So good job, my friend. I'm on board with that one. Uh all right. I've got a couple more written down, James. And you know what? This is a pick that uh, I just after last night, I'm watching this Baltimore defense. Oh, I know where you're going. I mean, dude, it just hasn't been what it should be, right? I mean, goodness. I mean, yeah, Lamar Jackson was awesome last night. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But, dude, the defense is a shell of what we've expected this Ravens defense to be. and They miss Marcus Peters bad. Oh, and, you know, it's even money here, which I like even better. So I'm going to go Austin Eckler and take him on 99 and a half total yards, rushing plus receiving. When in doubt, you know, I, I always check over with my handy insider football season long tools here. Our official projection is 107 total yards in the game. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go Austin Eckler over 99 and a half total yards with my first pick. I may not leave that game, Dan. I was afraid you were going somewhere else. And I'm going to go with what you're saying. Did Michael Pittman look good last night? I mean, did Paris Campbell come alive a little bit last night? Is Baltimore going to have to put up a ton of points, which means I'm kind of thinking it's similar to what we saw in in uh, San Diego. In the L.A. Cleveland game, I don't know that we get that many yards and points, but I will take Mike Williams, which is where I thought you were going to go. I looked at I'll it. I'll attack that same bad defense. It, but I, I even love Eckler even more. I'm going to use them both when I set my 10, but I will take Mike Williams, 84 and a half total receiving yards. I'll go over the 120. He's, or I'm sorry, over, and I get 120 points for that. I mean, outside of week four, Mike Williams has been a beast. It's going to be a score fest. Give me Mike Williams in this one. All right. All right. We've got that game covered. We've got that game covered, but I will use my recency bias from last night's game and find my next pick. And that is Jonathan Taylor. It's not yep. a, a great pick here on the odds. I, I'm not going to go much lower than 85 points being down here. But I'm taking his. I'm going to. I'm going to take the TD anytime TD prop here on Jonathan Taylor against the Texans, dude. I think the Colts after that loss, they're going to come out pissed off, and they're going to mm-hmm. put a lot of points on the board this week. They'll be a popular survivor pick, and rightfully so, as they return home to take down the Texans and Jonathan Taylor at least one touchdown in this game. So I'll I'll just go ahead and score those points now. I like it because I'll get with you on that one, and i got to be honest with you. I mean, you got Indianapolis goes into that game with a chance to get inside a game back from Tennessee with those games so to play, with one game so to play with them. So with you there, I'm going to stay in that that game I was talking about before. I expect the high total, which means I'll probably be dead wrong, just like I was San Francisco, Arizona, but I'll stay with the Baltimore Ravens this time. I will go to their offense. I'll go to Lamar Jackson. You're going to give me 20, or, I'm sorry, 292 and a half total pass and rush yards combined, and I get plus money if you will over is a 105 point total so a little bit of a favorite to go over look again i think the chargers put up points i think the chargers can stop the run except for when lamar scrambles that seems like a silly total given the fact that lamar is on pace to be the mvp and as much as i hate to say it because i bet other players it's hard to believe that it's going to stop anytime soon so lamar over that total lamar over and you know he yeah for all the things we just said and i think 
you know, Lamar Jackson is definitely a guy that when he hits his ceiling, it's about as good as it gets at the quarterback position. And you're, as you said, you're getting over the points here. Uh, I hate that I like him, being that he plays in the division that the Bengals play. And, like, it's just easy to hate Big Ben, but it's not that easy to hate Lamar. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes on the next one. I mean, talk about a team that coming off an, a little bit of a butt whipping. And, you know, what's a better thing to get a – a team and an offense going than a matchup against the defense that's been the biggest bust of the season, the Washington football team. Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. He'll get at least three in this contest, especially with them their running game a little dinged up here. It's even money. I like the odds over 100 points. That's my pick three. I like it. I'm going to make my ice pick now, Dan. I hope we don't have to get to it because I really like my three that I've laid in there. But I'll make uh, my ice pick. There's an easy one I could take, but I don't. it's not enough points. So I'm going to go to DJ Moore. Six and a half total receptions. That's a good number. The, I'm going to go over the 95-point total. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm not getting a little bit more than 95 there because that's a big total. But I guess there's a reason I like it and I'm taking it. Look, Carolina, I expect to bounce back a little bit. They were awful last week. They faced some better talent recently than after the hot start. But here's what I will say about Carolina. They get a Minnesota team that defensively is just not that good. Yeah, they looked okay, I guess, against Detroit because Detroit helps you look good against them. But they've not been a great defense so far this year. I'll take DJ Moore, the one consistent in the Carolina passing game. Okay, that sounds fair. Uh and the Fantastics, I was just looking at their projection. They've actually got they got a much lower on that. So, Ooh. And I was sort of thinking the under, too. So I, All right, well. it's your ice pick. It's your ice pick. Uh, in terms, you know, I'm going to go a little homer here on my pick, James. And um, yeah, I'm looking at it's an ice pick. It, hopefully, like you said, it doesn't come into play. That's the beautiful part of Thrive Fantasy, though. You get a little in play. We're projecting Joe Mixon for 25 yards or 65 yards in the contest. But, you know, as you said, the Bengals have had uh, some other things going on at the running back position now. Hopefully Mixon's ankles a week closer from being healthier and it works out here. So I am going to take over Joe Mixon 61 and a half rushing yards here for the over 110 and get those points. Uh, a little bonus love. I need to make up some ground this week, brother. I was looking at it. I just, I'm, I guess, I'm a little worried about him being banged up and Joe Burrow unleashing the uh, the cannon on those lions. But we'll see. We shall see. That's why I saved it for the ice pick. <laughs> I'm with you. But uh, you can make your own picks, your own props. Be sure to tune in Saturday morning as well, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern. We're there till 1 p.m. Eastern, anytime on demand on the SXM app. It's the Fantastic Insider Football Show every Saturday, all season long. Of course. If you missed it at the beginning, you can always check us out here. We drop the podcast Tuesday weekly. Get it at insiderfootball.com where you can get all the tools to win as well. And subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, to name a few. Hit him up on Twitter at JamesAdams94. Me at Dan Classens. Be sure to follow at Fantastics. And James, I'll see you on Saturday. Good luck with all your waiver wire moves, my friend. Except for the ones that against me, I wish you the same luck. Yes. Well, I yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think we'll be going head-to-head on too many dudes in our leagues. But right, you never know. Not. You never know. I got to get to my move. I don't even know what moves I'm making yet. We'll, we'll figure that out when we wrap this up. But uh, for all of you, good luck this week. We'll see you next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.